and welcome back to Esbar a Bookish Podcast. I'm Elle. And I'm Reggie. And today we have another host-only episode for you, and we're going to be discuss- discussing uh, one of probably our favourite joint topics, fan fiction. Yes. My favourite. Um, yeah. Um, so both of us read fanfic in different fandoms as well. Um so let's start with Reggie's fanfic, something you've been into for like years and years, or is it something you've recently gone into? So fan fiction for me, I kind of go in waves with it. Like there will be times where I'm very excitedly consuming a whole bunch all at once. And then there will be times where I just don't feel like it. And for those of you who don't know much about fan fiction, um, AO3, an archive of our own, is typically where I not only consume the fan fiction, I also write it, but I'm not going to tell you what my name is on there because that would just defeat the purpose. You have to go find it. Um, But I first got into fan fiction back in middle school. Like, we're talking back in fanfiction.net, back whenever Anne Rice was suing people for fan fiction. Like, those days, the dark days of fan fiction. And you could tell, based on the people writing it back then, that there was a large gap in skill sets between myself writing and those who had been within fandoms for a while and are more experienced writers, right? But that doesn't stop you from trying, which I really appreciated. Um, I even made friends writing fan fiction back then and much like now I still make friends while writing fan fiction and fandoms that I used to be really into were like the Gundam series a lot of anime based series like Sailor Moon Gundam Wing uh, G Gundam because it was hilarious Um, for those of you who don't know G Gundam uh, I highly recommend looking it up it is insane I have no idea how that got greenlit to be created but it was created uh, what else? Yu Yu Hakusho, like Spirited Away, those kinds of things that were fairly popular, but still on the outskirts in the early 2000s were where I tended to kind of settle. Um, and that, those were yeah. my jumping off points. Okay. What about you, Elle? Yeah, probably around the same time, um, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, just started stumbled across fanfiction.net um and just started writing fanfic but i'd kind of unknowingly written fanfiction earlier without realizing it was called fanfiction um because when i was at primary school if i got the opportunity to write a story for my teacher inevitably it was me and my friends going to pokemon world and interacting with pokemon because i was obsessed with it as a kid um yeah, and similarly, I found fanfiction.net, um, started reading fanfic on there, uh, started with, unfortunately now, Harry Potter, but again, it was a lot of people there who were willing to take the time and, you know, leave you detailed feedback, constructive criticism, if that's what was needed. Um, I improved my writing a lot through writing fanfiction. Yeah, and that was one of the fandoms I was in. I remember writing stuff for Heroes fanfics, Supernatural, all those kind of different, what I've always stumbled across at the time and lodged itself in my head. And I was like, I want to play in this sandbox. Yes, it's a great sandbox. And I don't think it gets enough recognition as being a means to improve your writing as it should. Yeah. Yeah, it is because you it gives you an opportunity to you know you don't have to really think about the characters but you do have to think about how the character is going to react in that certain situation and people will call you out if it is our character without reason um and you know that was a really good way to kind of hone your skills on that level as well or you know even by creating original characters and putting them in and seeing how they interact with these characters mm-hmm yeah, for sure. Um, one of the best fanfics I've read recently 
was actually completely done by the perspective or point of view of an original character. And it was one of the funniest and most heartwarming things. And it's all Bat family. So Batman's family, all the Robins. And it was from the point of view of a Gotham Child Protective Services agent. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And and I was like, how is this going to go? This isn't going to be great. And then I just couldn't put it down because it was hysterical, but also everyone was so in character and how they interacted with everyone around them made total sense up to and including Jason Todd somehow getting an award for being the best employer in Gotham City for having a queer mafia. (laughs) And he was like, fuck all you guys. And I'm like, yeah, this is perfectly in character. He would do that. Yeah. I was like, this is a certain brand of genius to come up with this and make it so endearing. Yeah. And it frustrates me whenever someone calls it just fan fiction because there's a level of creativity that is very unappreciated. And I will be happy to link that fanfic, by the way, in the show notes in case anyone wants to read about how Gotham City Child Protective Services works. Because it's insane. I want to read that. Um, I love it. Yeah, and original like doing the pulling off an original character well at the height of kind of you know, um, and I probably will bring up Harry Potter a bit in this because it was my foundation for fan fiction. Um, A lot of thoughts about Harry Potter though, so let's do that later. We'll table it for now, but. Yeah, Um, but I was going to say, like, with original characters, you had a point of time that was a height of, in Harry Potter fandoms, it was that kind of ebony Ravenstorm with the black eyes, and she's actually the secret daughter of Voldemort, and she falls in love with Harry Potter, and all this, blah, blah, blah. And I can understand it from, like, a playing around thing, and, you know, if people were writing that, they were writing that. They they were kind of where the whole Mary Sue thing kind of came from with a character who is unbelievably powerful, is perfect in every way. Um, and when I was a younger writer and working, you know, creating my own characters, I think one of the best compliments I got consistently was, oh, wow, this really isn't a Mary Sue. Because <laughs> everyone expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Certain fandoms um, definitely lend themselves to Mary Sue characters more readily than others. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, I know there's a lot of history behind the word and there's a lot of issues with it and stuff, but I do think it was, you know, you'd see the kind of same character across different fandoms as well. Um, but yeah, it was always fun to kind of, even like playing around with the concept of the Mary Sue sometimes could be quite enjoyable. Um, and I read quite a few like parody fanfics, the whole, um, Oh, Mystery Science Theatre style fanfic was really popular for a while. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I see that come back in, like, small bursts, too. Like, with <laughs> younger writers. And it's always very entertaining to me, because I'm like, this is not new, you guys. But I appreciate yeah. seeing it come back. Yeah. And it, it does feel like a... That's how I got introduced to Mystery Science Theatre as well. I didn't actually know what it was when I started reading these. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it wasn't really played that much over here. Um, So I've not seen many of them. I've seen a few of them now. And I remember having to Google what MST3K meant. Yeah. Or probably asking Yahoo at the time, because this would have been probably before I used Google. (laughs) Probably before Google was like Google. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. When the time of Ask Jeeves. Oh god, Ask Jeeves. <laughs> oh god, I forgot that existed. But yeah, and like you said, there was you did make friends through it, and I ended up, you know, joining mailing lists and you know, communities through that way as well. That was always like people who were willing to guide you or help you improve your writing and stuff like that and I, I don't think I ever really consciously thought of it as a fandom space it was just oh these people like the same thing I do 
Yeah, now we have better vocabulary for these things, Mm -hmm. which is both to a blessing and a curse, right? It's both to our detriment and to our benefit. Because sometimes I'm thinking some specific fandoms right now, they get very gatekeepy. And I'd rather not call them out because they are so rabid in how they approach things. The fan canon, the fanon, is more important than the actual canon or that unbridled creativity, which is very limiting and also very gatekeeping. But then you'll have others where it's clearly a older crowd who is consuming and writing. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot more acceptance on the fact that this does not equal reality. This does not equal me having a tacit approval of whatever we're writing about in real life. And those distinctions, I think, are a part of the issue of being online too much versus not. And it's very interesting to see when those overlap. Um, I'm a moderator in a few Discord servers, and... I see that come up sometimes with the fan commentary. There was one recently that uh, someone felt they were ostracized from the fandom because they happened to like these two characters' dynamics as brothers. They are actually siblings, but everyone said that it was an abusive brotherly relationship. I'm like, you can have two answers. Like, you can have two different interpretations. That does not mean one interpretation is the right one or more right. Yeah, I mean, and there's always been that kind of element of people, you know, taking these relationships and, again, playing around with them because it offers a good opportunity to do that in a way you can't always with, say, your own characters, um, like the use of alternate alternate universes, um, put in characters in coffee shops or different environments that they're not normally in in the canon itself. and I think as well, like when I started reading and writing it, it was basically it was a free for all. You know, you could find fix for any different ship you could think of, even if it sounded some completely random two characters who had never met on screen before or on the page. Then you could still do it because sometimes that would be where the, some of the best stuff would come from, or the kind of other point of view stuff that mm-hmm. would seep in. From, you know characters who are you know and this isn't something that's a new thing to do um we've been writing fanfic in a form since you know since the greeks were putting on plays and ah uh, yes like gods and stuff the the eternal patroclus and achilles are they just besties or are they more <laughs> yeah and that's a brilliant example. Um, even go back, like, the, you know, you've always had writers who would write back and forth in their own, within e- each other's worlds and referencing each other. You have basically based on Hamlet, um, but it's the two. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Those are um, thing. Yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah, it's basically fanfic of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is definitely a form of fan fiction. There was a Harvard, I have it at home somewhere, I don't know where, but it is a essentially a fan fiction written by Harvard students about the Lord of the Rings. Okay. And that is from like the 60s or 50s. So it has always been around. We just never considered it its own genre necessarily. It was a spoofing or it was some kind of creative exercise, but it wasn't necessarily its own thing until relatively recently. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, and I'm going to go back to the Harry Potter piece right now. The one thing that I do appreciate the most about Harry Potter fan fiction is its ability to close plot points and also Mm -hmm. remedy a whole lot of character development that does not make sense. Yes. Like, one of the best ones, I don't know if it's still up, um, 
when the best ones I ever read was basically about what um, Dumbledore's army did whilst in the last book Harry, Hermione and Ron are off in the woods. Yeah. Um, and it was it was brilliant to watch because that's a big chunk of those characters that are just missing for that book that you don't see the development you don't see how they get from where they were the last time you see them to when you see them again mm-hmm. um a lot of you know one of my favorite things to read were the marauders era stuff yeah those uh, are really good i wrote a novel length fanfic for that because i loved those characters um and yeah, it's and- it's nice to see that, too, because now you're starting to get into people's interpretations of why these characters act the way they do. What are their mm-hmm. motivations? Why is this the best thing? Um, are, why are we treating Snape with reverence? Why can't we treat him as the asshole that he basically is? Um, we can do that with fan fiction without yeah. really any... I mean, the negative consequences would be negative comments, but because you can post these things anonymously, you can still write it and you can share it. And this is essentially something you have written for yourself that you want to share with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't all have to agree. It's, uh, it's what makes fanfic so fun as well. Like the there's certain tropes and themes or ideas that crop up repeatedly in certain fanfics like one thing i've noticed um because if i if i watch like a tv show or something really really like it and think that there might be some good fanfic out there i'll go look in um so i've got a few that i've been reading through that were from the lucifer tv show mm-hmm. and the one thing that keeps coming back up i don't know if you've seen it and for anyone listening this will be a spoiler for season six five um but there's a character called michael who ends up getting sentenced to eternity in hell but there's a lot of fanfic out there about how he redeems himself Mm. because that becomes a, a running theme in the tv series is this idea of redemption and people being able to get themselves out of hell um and people have done it in such different ways. Like they've all come from the same starting point of, okay, yes, this character is a massive dick and a massive asshole, but how does he stop being that? How um, does he have character growth? Yeah, and people, like you know, people have taken him from the last point and we've seen him and really expanded on that and really kind of looked at the different characters, their how their dynamics are playing into it why is he like that why is his relationship with lucifer like it is mm-hmm. yeah these are all um, important things that we as fans want to explore and it really just yeah. builds up your love it's... of the franchise of the property significantly more yeah. yeah and you've pointed me in the direction of like loads of really great hades fanfic as well and one thing that seems to crop up there is putting these characters in an AU. Um, how would they act if they were, you know, college students or working in a coffee shop or, you know, different scenarios where they could encounter each other? Yeah, um, and that's common and it's for always, it's always, a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, you see, like, similar ideas popping up for different fanfic writers all the time, but where they're completely different because they are from their own point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it becomes really fun when you can start trying to tease out, or when you're watching something, maybe, or playing something, and you can, like, spot what the fanfic moment is going to be where someone else has gone, I'm going to write that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, there are tropes, right? Every fan fiction fandom out there has their tropes. They have the coffee shop AU. They have the and they were roommates AU, which is yeah. hilarious every time you find one of those because that's always going to be one of them. Um, what was another one? They have to share a bed, be it in like a hotel room or in some situation <laughs> where they now have to share a bed. Uh, 
There's only one bed. There's only one bed. I'm trying to think of some others, but there, there's vampire, obviously. You obviously mm-hmm. have to have a vampire one. I just started yesterday a really, really good Heaven Officials Blessing Vampire AU, where everything is the same except Hua Cheng is a vampire. Everything else is the same. And I'm like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. And it's really well written. There's no end to the ideas that people come up with. And it's a really great way to not only engage with your fans, if you are one of the people with this property, but it also can actually foster ideas for any sequels. Um, if you ever want to, because one of the Hades writers is a big consumer and writer of fan fiction. He is reading almost everything in the Hades fandom. And who's to say that some of those ideas haven't cropped up whenever he's pitching his ideas and starting to write scripts for the sequel. Right. But that's also the reason why a lot of authors will not touch fan fiction. Yes. Because if you're not aware, you start getting into gray legal areas with it. If a writer read a fanfic and then whether intentionally or not incorporate some of that into their next book, mm-hmm. depending what the ideas are, it can open the author up to be sued. Yes. There is but that. Was, yeah. It is very strange, right? Because you're working with characters that are not yours, and yet these are entirely your ideas. But it does open up that conversation on intellectual property, how to protect this kind of limitless creativity from being exploited. Yeah. And in my one group chat, we're constantly screaming that DC needs to hire fanfic writers to write their characters because the fanfic writers yes. understand the the characters better than the current writers for the most part. Yeah. And there's definitely that sense as well, especially if a writer's room changes quite a lot in TV fandom, there does become that sense of those characters are ours. I think some fans can be quite protective of the characters. Yes. Um, but it's you can understand why because you create this whole kind of world around them um yeah and it's it's like a door opening really because there's so much once you get into fan fiction once you start looking at it there's so much there um whatever kind of thing you're in the mood for as well exactly and you can just go especially with how ao3 now it is versus fanfiction.net the tagging system yeah. is robust. People over tag sometimes. They get a little too um, explicit in their tags and you're like, mm, do I really need to know all this information? Well, sometimes you do <laughs> um, because they do act as trigger warnings. If you don't like yeah. it, don't read it. So this gives you something to base that judgment call on. Um, yeah. And like in any fandom, you get some writers or creators that are more popular than others, but it still is an equal playing field for you to try and put your pieces out there. Yeah. And the other aspects of it as well is if you write a fanfic that you think is actually a really good story in its own right, a lot of people scrub, file the uh, seal numbers off mm-hmm. and release it as its own book. Um, they might change just enough. They might change just a little that it's not, that it's sort of recognisable if you're in the know, but mm-hmm. just enough where it can't be flagged as, you know, plagiarism, famously Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep. Um, started as fan fiction. Um, I was contacted by someone as well who said, mm-hmm. They scrubbed a magician's fanfic, uh, which was Margot and Julia, um, and basically sold it to an erotic publisher. Cool. Good for them. 
That's yeah. another thing about fan fiction that um, I think needs to be discussed is that the sheer amount of yeah. erotica in it. And we're not talking like those Fabio romance novels. We're talking like full-blown erotica. Very explicit. But if you can write good erotica, you can write a fight scene. Like, you yeah. can... It's all action-based. If you can get the timing of your actions and the descriptors down, it really starts to build a good foundation for various other genres. Yeah. And even if not, like, if if, if you start off writing fanfic and realise you actually really like writing erotica, go write more erotica. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a market for it. It's incredibly popular. Even if you don't necessarily want to write erotica, like, there are some very steamy romance books out there. Yeah. Um, and fanfic can be great for playing around with that chemistry. If you see two characters or read about two characters that you think, oh, their chemistry is amazing play around with it, see what it is about them that appeals to you, and then transpose that into an original piece of work. Mm-hmm. If, obviously, if that's, if you are looking at writing as more of a, you know, that that's something you want to explore. Um, yeah, really well done erotica is hard to find, but in fanfic, there is a shitload of really good erotica. Yeah, like, I don't think we can understate how hard it is to find erotica that's on like Amazon self pubs or things like that, that actually Mm -hmm. is engaging and not somehow to male gaze or to, I don't want to say dead dove, but things can be dead dove and still be erotica. You just have to know what you're getting into. But it doesn't appeal in the same way as a lot of things do in fan fiction because we do also in fan fiction have that established um, emotional connection to these characters. So if you can get that and balance it out with an erotica kind of theme, you're kind of playing with fire at that point because you've come up with something really great that can engage a lot of people. I will say one thing that I don't do that one big difference between fan fiction consumption yeah. between me and L is I don't typically write or consume nearly as much TV show or movie fan fiction as L does because I have like this weird hang up with if it's a real person I cannot separate as easily that real person from their character that they're playing on the TV show that's just a me thing And so a lot of the stuff that I consume are books, animated shows, animated movies, things where the character or video games where there is that distinct line, because that is where I'm more comfortable on the other side of the line. Yeah. That's not to say that real people fan fiction doesn't exist. It does. Elle, do you want to speak about that a little bit? Well, yeah. Um, so, real person fan fiction is basically when you write something that involves a real person, a celebrity, basically. Uh, recent years, I've seen that the popular ones tend to be like Tom Holland. Because mm-hmm. um, the kids love him. They absolutely love him. Um, the boy bands that have been around for a few years now, One Direction, is it BTS? Um, but when I was young, sound like an old woman, when I was back in my day, um, <laughs> did you ever hear the website Meba? Yes. Yeah. There might be people, I'm hoping there's people listening who kind of go, ah. Meba was, I kind of remember what it was, it seemed to have a lot of things that appealed to teenage girls. It had quizzes, like things you could do on there like that but it also had this writing element to it and one of the most popular things on there were real person fanfics about a lot of bands at the time um so there was a lot of my camp romance on there i think some blink 182 all this sort of thing um 
yes, I did write some myself, um, mainly to entertain me and my friends. When we were in school, I'd sit there at lunchtime scribbling it down and then tell them what was happening next. Um, but yeah, it, but I think some, I think real person fanfic is where now I kind of avoid it now because I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't imagine celebrities like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it just, I don't know, the stuff I, was, I read when I was younger was quite clean cut, but from oh, it's what gotten... I've seen it's gotten really bad and really beyond. Yeah, they're, um, Elle, I don't think you've heard of this person, but a YouTuber named Dream, um, who's right. a Minecraft YouTuber, when a fic of About Dream was published on AO3, it caused AO3 to crash. Wow. People write a lot about, I think Dream is only like 23, and mm. they're you could tell that there is a very rabid, very young fan base for these YouTubers. And in some cases, I think there is a very health, unhealthy, not healthy, unhealthy um, attachment to these YouTubers. And it does come out sometimes in these writings. Now, some of it could just be hormones and trying to figure out those limitations it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just youth and not knowing. Yeah. But there are times and where it crosses lines, I think. Yeah. Because these Definitely. are real people. And sometimes people think that the fanfics about these real people are actually real, depending on how far in they go. And that does have actual consequences. Yeah. And there's... I I feel as well that when I was younger, anyway, a lot of the celebrities that me and my friends liked were older, were 23, 24, maybe in their 30s, depending who it was. But it seems like more and more celebrities now are kind of under 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, you know, there was always a feature like on whatever TV show of if these bands were being interviewed and stuff where they might read out a little bit here and there or they might say to them, oh, there's fanfic online that ships you to. And it would kind of be like a jokey thing between them. Mm-hmm. But that was grown adults who were probably aware of it, who were probably like, yeah, OK, whatever, we're not going to read that. Yeah. And but I think when part of. Oh, continue. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, whereas a lot of the celebrities now that these kids, to use their phrase, stan, which was never a good thing when I was growing up either. I sound so old in this episode. Um, <laughs> we're n- a we're lot not of the, terribly the old, you guys. We're not no, that I'm, old. I'm in the 30s. Yeah, we're both but early 30s. Online terms. Um, we're we're yeah, but on the online side. A lot of the celebrities that they kind of stan tend to seem to be more closer to their age than it was when I was younger. I think a part of this is also that shifting definition of celebrity, right? With the advent of YouTube and Instagram, you can become a quote unquote celebrity fairly easily. But the question then comes in, is there any longevity to it or is this all a flash in the pan are we just exploiting youth there's a lot of questions about that kind of celebrity and the kind of marketing and mental health aspect to how these interactions go and as a result you have almost exactly the same age people writing and creating well, it could be considered incredibly inappropriate and possibly incredibly uncomfortable for that celebrity to find out about um, fanfics and artwork and things along those lines. There was um, oh, there was an episode of Good Mythical Morning where mm-hmm. they read fan fiction about themselves. It involved a peanut butter blowjob. 
And they were reading that to one another, these two guys who are married with children. And you're yeah. just like, like you could see on their faces, they did not know how to react. No. I, you can tell as well when TV show creators have actually read the fanfic because they'll start making references to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole Supernatural episode where they come out in the real world and they come across Sam Dean fanfic. And this is in a world where they are literally brothers who are like in suddenly in our world. Yeah. A little and then I think there. he comes across... Yeah, and I think he comes across some Dean and Kaz fanfic as well, probably. But it plays on that, and it kind of uses the way the fandom reacted to them to create an episode. Yeah. Um, You know, when I was doing research for this episode as well, one of the things that kind of cropped up quite a lot is that, A, the fandom's predominantly women, Mm-hmm. who engage in writing about them, fan art, that sort of thing. But that they often, people often said, it helped my mental health issues or it saved my life. Yes. And for something that you can access completely free, um, if you have an internet connection, then you can access fanfic everywhere. That's pretty damn amazing. It's also inherently queer. Yes. There is a lot, like, a lot of queer, non-binary, trans, all of it, writers out there who, they'll turn the character trans, and that's fine. Like, that character is open to interpretation. Totally fine. Like, in Hades fandom, right? The running joke is that Hades will always be pissed at Zagreus regardless of his if he is cis or trans. It it does not matter. Their interaction will be the same. It just is, is this character trans or not? Does that change the erotica? Yes. I have friends who do art, erotic art, and they have taken some of that fanfic where things have changed and gone trans or intersexed or what have you, and they've used that to improve their own anatomy and understand better how trans anatomy works. Yeah. So it it does improve your understanding of a lot of different experiences just by making a few small changes, yet the character itself does not change. Yeah. And fanfic is one of those areas, one of the only areas where you can completely divorce the original creator from the fanfic. Yes. Um, and fanfic writers will happily, you know, denounce the person. Um, someone else who I spoke to said they are a community leader from the largest Buffy fanfic archives, mm, focusing okay. on the ship, Spike and Buffy. Um, the fandom culture has grown consistently since it ended. Um, they said it was very female-dominated space, mm-hmm. um, which isn't a negative thing. Um, when the stuff about Joss Whedon came out there was a massive discussion there and a lot of them decided they were not going to fund or support anything that he did in the future that's what a lot of fanfic writers will do you know they're still allowed to play in that space they can still you know turn these characters queer or trans or give them relationships you don't see in the show or expand on existing relationships mm-hmm and nothing about that goes back to the original author. They don't get any credit for it. They don't get any royalties for it. It's the ultimate way for fans to claim something. Yes. And then you also have, like, Buffy is an older property. It's, mm-hmm. in theory, without fan fiction and fand- fandom in general, it should have died out. It should not have been as sustaining as it is. Um, a yeah. fandom that I've recently been introduced to, Merlin. I had no idea yeah. Merlin is as big of a fandom as it is. And Yeah, it's, it's absolutely huge. Imp- it's impressive. Because how yeah, old is that, 10, 15 years old now? 
oh god older than that because i'm pretty sure i was in i don't think i'd even gone to uni when it came out um and i remember watching it and enjoying it but i was just like yeah cool this is a cool thing you know bbc often did these kind of fantasy series on a saturday night before yeah. merlin it was robin hood um, i remember the robin hood one yeah and i really enjoyed like merlin but it seems like the last few years it's there's more and more people who are either coming into this space or it keeps getting added on like a snowball going down a hill someone discovers it or they're introduced to it by someone else they introduce that to their friends and next thing you know there's a merlin big bang which in fandom is whenever um so you can have a big bang where um artists pair up with writers or sometimes you also have a big bang where you write for each other and your partner that yeah. way. And um, the last I heard, there was 150 pairings. Like, oh, wow. That's huge. Like a Hades big bang is usually about 50. 150, yeah. that's like a lot of people. That's like 300 people who have signed up to commit to creating something for a property that is comparatively quite old. Yeah, and it's interesting seeing what kind of properties or franchises tend to generate fanfic, but also which ones tend to generate the best fanfic, like the most well-written. Yes. Um, <laughs> all, like, even if it's not very well-written, like if you write fanfic, don't worry about it. That's not the point of it. But it's a good way that you can kind of, if you start writing that regularly and then you look back over your older stuff, you'll probably start noticing the mistakes in it. Um, but yeah, and there's sometimes you'll look at a, like fanfics for one fandom and it, there just won't be much there or there won't be anything that's particularly interesting. And then you look at a similar, what you would think of as a similar property and it's a completely different story. There's hundreds and hundreds of fanfics ready to go. There's a really active community around it. There's a lot of people who are exploring like different ideas around it. Mm-hmm. And something one of my friends, um, I am friends with Spider, who uh, Spider Birdo, who created one of the, I would say arguably one of the more popular Hades AU webcomics, which mm-hmm. is called Mor- Mortal Coil. And Spider and I were talking ages ago, and she had brought up that the most mediocre of fandoms like the most mediocre properties sometimes create some of the most interesting art and the most interesting fan fiction like she used the example i believe uh was it detroit make human i think that's what it's called okay detroit becomes human that's it a video game and she's like the artwork for it is fantastic the writing around the fan fiction is fantastic but if you play the game it's actually not the greatest game in the world yeah and yet people have attached to it yeah it's and it's sometimes it's just that there's that compelling character who's in the background Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a particular plot point like you said some fan fiction out there will close plot holes that the original creators left in um yeah, and and then you have, you know, stuff like Hades, which is a brilliant game, really fun to play, that has resulted in some brilliant fan fiction out there. Yeah, there is some incredibly ingenious fan fiction out there for it. Um, I would say the same is true for MXTX, the Donmei writer. Her stuff, her properties have created some incredible fan fiction and fan art that I was not expecting because you hear yes. Donme, which is like a men's love storyline, and you're like, how how good can it be? And then you start reading it, and you're like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I will say some of the funniest fandom properties that I have encountered on just in general sometimes browsing through AO3, seeing what's up there. Mobile games. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> mobile game fan fiction. I'm talking like Cookie Run, where you're writing fan fiction about those cookies. And I'm like, That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing because you're like, why? Okay, this this has clearly resonated with somebody. Um, a new game came out recently called Tale of Food, which is basically an Otome game with sentient food. There's fan fiction out there already. It turns out Harbin, uh, what is it? Harbin fried pork is a saddest. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, this is this is something. Like, it never well, ceases to amaze me what people attach to. Yeah, and if you're out there thinking, like, oh, I love this property, I love this character, I want to write about them, I want to write about them with this character from this other property, do it. I can't tell you the amount of times I wish I had the time to sit down and do it now, especially because watching some of the stuff that's out there now, I'm like, I'll sit there, but my partner and I have just gone back to watch X-Files from the very beginning. And part of me is sitting there going, but what if Mulder met the Doctor? Yeah. Like, that would be amazing. Um, I had I started ranting to Rich about a whole idea I had for a Star Wars thing after we watched Mandalorian. And I was like, no, but what if this? And then he's there telling me like how that would work, if it would work. He's telling me all these Star Wars facts. And I'm realising, I'll have to write this, even if I just write it for him now. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just a really simple thing in a TV show sparked off an idea. And I'm like, yeah, I should write that. Yep, and I'm just curious here. X-Files, I just went on AO3 really quick. In case you thought X-Files was a dead property, X-Files oh, has 22,589 fanfics as of recording. There are properties under here, just at a glance, that only have like two or three. And that's fine. I'm sure someone mentioned to me as well that... Um... The X-Files, obviously the most popular ship in that is going to be Mulder and Scully, and I can see why, because mm-hmm. watching it, I haven't noticed it again. I'm um, looking, watching yep. it, you get the chemistry through so well, like Gillian Anderson and David, David Duchovny? Yes. Yeah, blanked on his name then. I do that a lot as well. Um, they have amazing chemistry between them. And I've already said to Rich, like, I know it, I, there's loads of stuff in there about them getting together and not getting together and getting together, blah, blah, blah. And so, but that is such an interesting dynamic to explore between the pair of them, especially because, you know, I would argue Mulder is probably quite, you know, he treats her with a lot of respect that a lot of the other men don't. Mm-hmm. That kind of dynamic between the two of them. And I can understand why that would be so incredibly popular to explore even 20 years after it first came out. Yeah, and I'm just curious right now, since I have AO3 up, um, we will link some of these fanfics that we have been talking about. Um, but I was very curious if Ronin Warriors is on here, because that was something that I was super into as a kid. And mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it on here, so it's not foolproof. Like, if you wanted to write something for Ronin Warriors, you could. Unless it's under Samurai Troopers, in which case I'm looking in the wrong section. Let me see here. Oh, they have Sayuki. Uh, let's see. Samurai Drive. I do not see Samurai Troopers either. So this is a property that I know has a small but pretty big fandom, but there is nothing on AO3 for it. So by no means is AO3 exhausted. If you have something that you want to write, go on there and make it. You can add yeah. your own thing. Yeah. Definitely. And if you do, then you can always let us know as well. We love, give us the fanfic, give us all the fanfic. We love it. We love it. We really, really do because, like, just to know that you love something enough to create for it. Yeah. I want to support that passion. Yeah. And I will be right there, like, cheering you on if you want me to. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, if there's something that you've been listening to this episode and you want to give us any feedback or you have anything you want to add or you even want to come on the show and talk to us about it 
um, just drop us an email is esbatbookish at gmail.com um, you can you know ramble on about your favourite fanfic or send us links to your favourite fanfic or send us links to your fanfic if you want like I said you're welcome to come on the show and talk about the topic with us another time as well and if you're scared um, to post it think of it as an exercise in declaring something done you can fiddle things yes. You can fiddle with this until the cows come home. But by having that line in the sand where you're like, this is where I want it to be for now. And I want someone to read it and give me feedback or just so someone can see what I've done and have put this time and effort into, put it out there. There are mm-hmm. fanfics out there that have typos. They have grammar errors. It does not matter. The point is that you at least have made an effort. Maybe take one pass yeah. through like a Grammarly or a spell check just to be safe and just put it out there yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. And people will always be willing to give feedback as well. Once you've started building up, people are more than happy to beta read mm-hmm. um, and offer, like, offer things that way as well. Um so is there anything else you want to say for fan fiction, Reggie? If you haven't read fan fiction, I highly encourage you to think about what you're drawn to the most. Head over to AO3 and just mm-hmm. see what's out there and kind of dip your toe into this world because it is a fantastic world that I think more people should become part of. And for, if you're not familiar, AO3 is archiveofourown.org. We'll um, have a link to it. Yeah, we'll include a link to it as well. So just check the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, as always, you can contact us on the email as esbuckbuckish at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review, subscribe. It all helps. Uh, with our rankings and helps us get found by more people um, mm-hmm. if you want to follow us on Twitter we're at esbatbookish I'm at lturpit and on Twitter I'm at reggiecwrites but Twitter is being you know a butt so I'm mostly on Tumblr these days at Ignatjastriga screaming about fandom stuff so if you want to scream about fandom stuff with me by all means find me yeah thank you very much for listening um red uh yeah this has been a great discussion we hope to hear from you yeah bye. hope to hear from you have a good one guys bye